Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today we're excited to have author and television host Herbie J. Pilato. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, pal. So great to talk to you. How's things been going? Really excited. I've been watching your show. Then again with Herbie J. Pilato. How's it been going? I am so excited about that show. Waited my whole life for it, and it's doing great. We have two more episodes uh, that we're going to be streaming soon with Ed Asner and Burt Ward. And that, I think, is going to be on a little bit after Christmas. But in the meantime, we've got those four great episodes up there with, you know, Gary Marshall tribute, Robert Conrad, Dark Shadows tribute, and My Three Sons. So, Oh, my gosh. The, the, I just watched these, and, and anybody who's a huge fan of classic television – uh, just, I mean, the Dark Shadows episode was fantastic. I mean, with, with, with having Laura Parker on and Kathleen Scott and David Selby on there, I mean, what was it like sitting down there? And I know, obviously, you know them. What was it like sitting down and interviewing them in today's world about Dark Shadows? Well, it was, that remained actually my favorite episode of the, of the entire first season. Um, I, I grew up watching Dark Shadows, absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, I was one of those millions of kids who used to run home from school to make sure we were there at 3.30, right. 4 o'clock, whatever it was. And um, so there I was, you know, sitting not just on a TV set with Lara Parker, Captain Lee Scott, and David Selby, but my TV set. You know, I'm like, what? It's like, I really had to go to the restroom because I was, I was cheering up. You know, they didn't know about it then. Um, and this is only the second time I've admitted it, but I had, because I, I was just so overwhelmed with emotion. Um, and I, you know, and because I had known uh, Catherine and David and Lara before, it definitely, my comfort zone was completely relaxed. And it was definitely like sitting with, you know, with old friends in, in my in my living room. So it was just, I just love that episode. Totally love it. You know, it, it's it's funny and... You know, and I remember, I remember when you had a sitting in an interview with them a few years prior, and watching that and sitting there and, and knowing and, and knowing when you when you know somebody, you made it feel so comfortable. I want to say this that, that I felt like you felt like everybody was watching in their living room. It's like we were sitting in the audience, except for you brought the brought it to our living room. Well, thank you, and that's really the goal. And what I try to do, you know, as a, as a talk show host is. Just to, to make it real, to ask real questions, not so much about Hollywood, but about, you know, those people and, and, and what their careers and, the, and their stardom is meant to them on a personal level. And, uh, and to ask the questions and to let them talk, you know what I mean? And they have it be a conversation, yes, but so many shows are about, you know, talk shows are about the host. And, and I, I do my little thing. I try to be funny, whatever. Um, but it's still about the guest, Absolutely. you know, and, and that's what it's about. Now, now, having been, uh, you know, two, three very, you know, esteemed actors and, 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 you know, in the show and everything else it is. Now, with you as a person that with Dark Shadows of being a fan of the show, what I like about it is the fact that, first of all, they all seem to be very still very dear friends, which is amazing, and I love that. But also the fact that, that you're still a fan, even though you're on both sides of, the, uh, of this camera, yeah. you're still a yeah. fan. And I, still, I love that because I think that's the best part. 
Well, you know, it's hard because you want to be professional and you want to, uh, at the same time, also, of course, be enthusiastic. But when you're a fan, you're a fan. I mean, you know, Mary Tomorrow, God bless her. She was, a, I, and I, you know, wrote about her in my biography, Mary to Mary Tomorrow. Sorry, she was a fan of Robert Redford. You know, and right. I think when you're there's there's you know when you're a fan of somebody, you're a fan. That's the way it is. <laughs> and if you just if you just conduct yourself with respect, you know, and if you're knowledgeable of that person's career or or whether it's an accountant or a TV star. Then, you know, if you're a fan of an accountant or whatever, you just, it's all about respect. It's all about respect and, and, and professionalism. Well, I think that, you know, today I think you're bringing back a part of where you actually can be a fan and be part of the entertainment world, too. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. For, for the longest time, and you and I both know this, that on the other side of the camera kind of wasn't okay to show that you were a fan only if you were out for drinks or something and you were talking you could say you know that kind of thing oh yeah i really enjoyed that picture or whatever with them but i i like the fact that you're bringing you know you, you know you're not the only one bringing up but and i feel it is that you're just bringing it out and saying hey look you know it's cool to be a fan work in the entertainment field and have these people also as your friends as well as guests well, you know, it's a very, very interesting topic here because in, in today's world of social media and all access ability to everybody, stardom is not what it once was. True. Uh, you know, let's go, let's go back to Johnny Carson, the way to do the Johnny Carson show. The audience would be seated in the dark, and there would be Johnny and his guests way over there on the other side of the you know, room on the stage with the lights on them. We didn't even see the audience. You know, I used to work the Tonight Show as an NBC page. And if anybody screamed or yelled out, they were kicked out of the audience. It was our job to kick them out of the audience. So then our city hall comes along in the early 90s, puts the lights up, brings the stage closer to the audience. And I really think that's very representative of what's going on with fans and stars today. That there's this, you know, murky, uh, uh, melded line is, is no longer there. There's because uh, everybody is just like the same. These people just happen to be movie and, and TV stars, and other people just happen to be the, the fans. Right. The differential rate is kind of a, definitely different. To oh my gosh, there's John Wayne walking into the theater. It's such and right. such. Well, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I didn't think about it like that before, but that's definitely a great point. And now you, you brought up something real quick I want to touch on is the fact that you were a page at NBC. For people who don't know, tell us a little bit about what that entitles and what that is in today's world. Yes, that was the best job job ever. <laughs> uh, I, was out of, um, I graduated Nazareth College in Rochester, New York, my hometown. I uh, went to UCLA for a bit, then moved back to Los Angeles uh, to move formally there. And I wanted to be an NBC page. I had heard about that was the ideal internship if you're looking to get into the entertainment industry. And I didn't want to be a CBS page. I didn't want to be an ABC page. I wanted to be an NBC page. That was the deal. So it took me uh, a few months to get that job and. I mean, usually you get it when you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> I really didn't know anybody. I just stopped the page. I went to see a taping of Family Ties with Michael J. Fox, 
and I stopped one of the pages and I said, I want to do what you're doing. And, and I befriended that guy and that's how I got in. Um, but it was, it was, oh my gosh, you're, you're hired for 18 months and it's your opportunity to move up or out of the company. And, and I, once I, I finished my 18 months, I was asked to stay, but I decided, you know, I signed up for 18 months and I really want to get into acting. So I'm just going to leave. As I look back, I could have probably been running the network by now. (laughs) (laughs) The way you are, my friend, that wouldn't have surprised me. (laughs) (laughs) But but at the same time, I would have done the Bewitched book and, you know, the documentaries that I've done. And I don't know if I would have ever gotten around to doing my own show. So, um, but looking back, it was just just an amazing job. Just an amazing job. Excuse me, Herbie, what were some of your jobs as being a page that you would do? Name a couple of the shows you worked on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were several different jobs. It, you were, um, you'd either work in, as an usher on, on shows like The Tonight Show. I did Scrabble. I did Super Password. I did Wheel of Fortune. Um, I worked the Golden Girls a couple times, but then I was actually on the Golden Girls in an extra role after I left NBC. Then I, you do things like gift, uh, you give tours um, and work in uh, the publicity department. I worked in the publicity department during I. G. Mugini 16 years later, which was that reunion movie that Barbara did, Barbara Eden did. Um, I, I, there was one job that I was not good at. It was, um, I was working in the, the dailies, uh, theater where they look, um, you know, a show is, is filmed or taped at NBC. And then there's something called dailies where you look at the footage of what was filmed that day or taped that day and you edit and, or you see, or, or the casting directors or the network executives look at the footage and see how the show was going. I had to like change the tape and the film and, and the projector. And I'm like, that is just not me. I'm like not a technical person, you know? So that, that was, um, yeah, that, that, that position didn't last long. But everything else is great. Not, not, I mean, a fan know, of ed- not a fan of editing if I have to do the editing. <laughs> no, I can, exactly. I can sit there and go, yeah, cut this, cut that, right. cut that. If they actually run the machine, forget it. That's not going to happen. Right, exactly. Now, you also have some other great guests on. Uh, Robert Conrad from Wild Wild West, among many, many things, which was a I, – I was I sat there. I've watched that episode three times. Yeah, well, yeah. Wow, you know, he was tough, you know, he was very tough. I mean, he's a tough person in general, like, you know, not the, the battery off my shoulder, which I was not about to ask him to, to do. Um, but uh, he was tough, you know, tough, tough customer. But he had a great time on the show. I mean, after we came, he was like, he stayed and he visited with everybody. All the women still love him. Here he is, God bless him almost 90 years old, and every, all the women were over there talking with him. Um, so he, he's quite a character. He's quite a character. Herbie, as a kid, I mean, watching him in Wild Wild West, you know, that was the pre-show to James Bond back in the day. He was the man. It's true. I mean, it's true. he was the coolest dude ever. Um, and he, he was, uh, that show was so different and so unique how combined you know, so many different genres, you know, sci-fi, Western, drama, and adventure. And years later, they did that movie Cowboys and Aliens, was that it? And it always reminded me that well, that was kind of like a wild, wild West ripoff, you know, right. when they did Cowboys and Aliens. 
I also, think, that, I also oh, I'm sorry. I also think that, that that he gave tribute, and I can't think of the guy's name that played his partner in that, who was the makeup guy. He changed all the faces. Um, oh, Ross Martin. Ross, Ross Martin. Martin. He he was way ahead yeah, that of was, time. Yeah, that was really nice to hear him uh, talk about Ross that way. Because, you know, so many times you think, okay, do co-stars and co-leads, they get along, do they argue? Right. I mean... He, Robert Conrad had so much respect for Ross. Uh, now, that's because maybe, you know, they were two different kind of actors, you know. Maybe if it was the guy, who, if Adam West was starting with, with Robert Conrad, maybe there would have been an issue there because they're both leading men. But whatever, uh, Ross, or Robert Conrad had a great deal of respect for Ross Martin, yeah, who was a great actor. Like that. Yeah, that was really, and just telling the stories of how, and I love the fact you bring out some of the stories of, how makeup was done. I mean, makeup's hard enough to do now when you do special effect makeup. But back then, and you and I might, might even do an episode. I'll ask to do an episode if you, if you get into that stuff later another time. But back then, how the makeup was to change those things and the prosthetics and everything else was, was a lot less, you know, uh, you know today. <laughs> well, it was definitely pre-CGI. Right. I mean, they, they can do anything today. Right now, they're, what, are they making that new movie with James Dean and, going to CGI him in it. Yes, I did. Um, that. so, so that's kind of amazing. Yeah, that, that was all done with cut and paste, whether it was the editing or the makeup and stuff. Only a different kind of paste with right. makeup. <laughs> right, right, right. Pa paste as in, yeah, it, it, totally different. different. But now, and, and as far as the fact, you also had on a tribute with Gary, to Gary Marshall with Marianne Ross and Eddie Mecca and Deborah Pratt and Fred Fox Jr. and people from Happy Days and, and Laverne and Shirley. So how, how was that to sit down again? A wonderful show, two, two wonderful shows, a, a great director and Gary Marshall. How was that to sit down and visit and talk with all of them? And that was amazing. I mean, I had known Cindy was, and she wasn't able to be with us in person, but she did call in. So I'd known her from uh, one of my live events in Burbank, Barnes and Noble, which you attended, which ultimately led to uh, the show yes. having, you know, having a TV show. But sitting there, yeah, those are great times. They really were. Um, but having sitting down with Marion Ross, Mrs. Jeannie, right. you know, and having Eddie Mecca come on, the big ragu. Right. I mean, a flashback to the 70s when TV, and I, I talked about this on the show, or at least during the live event all the time, that, you know, when Laverne Shirley was on, you'd hear that music, it was an event. Yes. It was, I mean, time stop, whatever you were doing. Everybody went and watched the show, and and you just don't get that today because there's so many different platforms, and there's not even any opening credits anymore. No, certainly no theme music. You just gave me you chills know? when you just said that the, when the music hears. You just gave me chills. It just stood up on my arms as I'm sitting here. It just it just did. It just kind of made me smile, you know. And you and I have talked many many times about TV and things, and and it just it, you literally just gave me chills just saying that. It was just kind of really cool because I do remember those times. And yeah, it was really. And you you made a point that I and I never thought about it just now. And maybe some people need to think about it and listen uh, that. The intros to the shows now and the music is almost non-existent, you know, or, or the show oh. completely start, and then you'll get a little clip of it, a 15-second or a last clip, and it's gone. Exactly. It's like, wait a minute, is this commercial or is this a show? What's going on? It's just all a blur because there's no showmanship. 
There's no um, um, charm in the way they present shows. And there's a lot of talent. There's not any talent. There's a lot of talent. You know, oh, yeah. behind and in front of the cameras, Absolutely. but it's not packaged right. You know, it's funny yeah. that, that, you know, uh, I was with my granddaughter listening to uh, a YouTube thing, and it had a ton of the episodes, uh, of the opening songs. And I listened to them, and it went all the way from back, like, the Adams Family to Happy Days to Charlie's Angels, and it went all the way up through many things of Mary Tyler Moore, all these shows, you know, that we're talking about, you know, Dark Shadows, every Brady Bunch, everything. And it's funny, you mentioned that now, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to send you that link, because it was like, wow, you know, you sit there, and you just got a smile on your face. Oh, that's the Flintstones. Oh, that's this. That's whatever. And you almost don't, I don't, I think past the Friends era, you, you can't really find too many shows like that. You can't. I think the nanny was really in Friends was one of the last, um, you know, shows with, with theme songs. You know, it's very important because if, every time you hear the theme song in the TV opening, it's usually the way they used to do it. And it intro to the show, it explains the story, the characters, whatever. And, you know, it, it, it all works. It's a great introduction presentation. Not to mention that it pulls you in, gives you time to settle with the popcorn or whatever, and then you have the show start. Again, it's about the presentation, which is lacking today. It's I, just I, I agree. Just, you just think of a boom. You hear a first couple of bars and boom, but that's such and such show. Boom. And you, you know exactly what you were doing or thinking, like you just said with Laverne and Shirley. Now, with, uh, now you have some new shows coming up. You just mentioned one with the legendary Ed Asner, which is just what, what a guy. Great actor. Great guy. Um, yeah, me too. Um, tell me, uh, because obviously you, know, you have this coming up on the show with Ed Asner, but I'm going to bring up with that segue into the Mary Tyler Moore book you have. And we're going to talk about a couple of your books. And you have a brand new book out that's written about Mary Tyler Moore. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, this, I work so hard on this book. It's called Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore Story. And I wanted to make it the best book I've ever written. And I really think I've accomplished that. And I try to say that in all modesty. With my, uh, you know, I've done other books. Obviously, Twitch Upon a Star, the Elizabeth Montgomery uh, biography. And I did, you know, the Bewitched book and the Bionic book, Life Story, the Kung Fu book. Those are all about shows. And the Twitch book was the first solo biography that I did on a particular star. And it was good, but I, I knew Elizabeth, and it was hard to write objectively about her. So it's really, that book is my experience of Elizabeth. With Mary, it, I did not know her. I had to be completely objective, and it's more of a formal celebrity biography, a traditional celebrity biography, but it is the most thorough biography I've ever done, book I've ever done, and it's the most thorough biography on Mary's life. There's, you know, books about the St. Dyke show and the Mary Tyler Moore show, and they did some earlier bios on Mary in the 70s and 80s, but there was this chunk of time from, like, the last time she wrote a book, which was, I think, 2005-ish, um, to her passing in 2017, that nothing was ever covered about her life or her career. And she did so much in those years. That's crazy. So it's a, crazy. Yeah, it's, it, I, it was time to do it. And, you know, now with the 50th anniversary coming up uh, next fall of the Mary Tyler Moore show, it's, it's so ideal, you know, to have that book out there. Well, I'll tell you, this is the thing, and, and I haven't read this book yet, 
what I can say as an author in the books you've done about Elizabeth Montgomery, which uh, my mother has both of them that you had written out to her, and I always appreciate you. Thank you for that. Um, and she loved them. And my mom reads. That's what she does. She doesn't have a television. She reads. <laughs> I mean, so, and so, you know, those two books and Don Wells's book are, are three books that my mother has uh, as far as that, that's concerned. And, and she loves her books. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I read them both first. I didn't. I didn't. I read Dawn's after, but I read them, and they're fantastic books. And tell me a little bit about just a little bit about the relationship with you and Elizabeth Montgomery, who was just an unbelievably talented, beautiful actress. Well, I mean, what had happened was after I had worked that I Dream of Genie reunion movie that I told you about, the publicity for it at NBC, I left NBC, broke my toe, ended up writing. Um, a bewitched reunion because I thought if there's going to be any reunion about a more um, a magical blonde woman and a moral character that's going to be bewitched. So Elizabeth Montgomery ultimately did not want to do any reunion of bewitched, and you know she was going to do a new show with Bill Asher, her, her husband from the series who she had divorced, who he directed the original show, right. and there was a new do a new show called Bewitched Again, and I was going to write for that. But then the findings he fell through, and then I said to Bill Asher, says, how about, you know, would Elizabeth do a book about the witch? Would, would she be open to me interviewing her? He goes, yeah, I can do that. So it took about six months for her to call me back, but <laughs> Bill, Bill Asher, I'll never forget it, he gave me her phone number. I actually had Elizabeth Montgomery's phone number. And uh, so I called her. I love that. And uh, she, what happened was, now see, I called her and she called me back. I was doing my laundry when she called me back. So I came and I had missed her call and she left a message on my answer machine. Then was answering machines in the 80s. And she said, hi, this is Lizzie Montgomery. I'm like, wow, Lizzie Montgomery. So I call her back. I go, geez, Elizabeth, I'm so very sorry that, that I uh, missed your call. I said, I was doing my laundry. And she said, as you should. <laughs> and we just, we just hit it off. You know, she respected, you know, when you study somebody's life and, when you, and you watch them for 30 years, you kind of like know them. And, and she, I, you know, I didn't play the whole crazy fan thing with her. I was too nervous. You know, I was just like, Hi, how are you? I was very reserved. And as a result of that, you know, she respected me. I never asked her to twitch her nose. I never asked her for an autograph. I never asked her for a photo. Today, you know, that's part of the process. But then you didn't do that. And I wanted to distance myself. I did not want her to think I was just a fan. I wanted her to think that I was really concerned you know, with, with Bewitched and what it was all about. And, and as a matter of fact, that's what she said. She asked me, why are you doing this? You know, this Bewitched book. Right. I said, well, you know, Bewitched is about prejudice and, you know, people who love each other despite their differences. And there's a strong work ethic. Darren doesn't want her to use the magic because he wants to buy things for her or whatever. And, and she went, oh, okay. She goes, because Bill said, Bill Asher, Bill said, you really need to talk to her He's really concerned with this entity known as Bewitched. And 
you know, and, and that was it. We just, I mean, come on, I was in love with it, right? Who wasn't in love with it? Yeah, I was going to say, um, like, like get in line with that one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I respected her as a person. I respected her work, and in return, she respected me. She, she broke so many grounds. Uh, all the way back from Bewitched to her and Dick York and Dick Sargent. And because of you, by the way, just to say it, I'm going to say it publicly, that, uh, that Chris York and I are great friends because of you. So I, I just want to say that because you made the introduction, you know, what, five years ago, whatever it was, and Chris and I have become great friends. And I'll say that on the air, that it is, I, I uh, you know, I always appreciate, you know, and we, you, and I, you and I are friends, and I, I, you know, I value that. But, you know, when you become friends and, and, and you meet somebody else and you become great friends with them, and on this subject as such, it's great. And Chris York is the son of the late, great Dick York, who played Darren Stevens on Bewitched. But, you know, coming into that part, the groundbreaking from all the way, and I like that you said it, it covered prejudice in regards to things, many things, and it was, you know, whether, you know, because he was mortal and she, she was a witch, and there were so many things that it, it was groundbreaking back then that I don't think people looked at it, and then she, fast forward her career on, I mean, when she did Burning Bed, it was insanely delicate ground. She didn't, she, didn't, she didn't do Burning Bed. That was Farrah Fawcett. I'm sorry, she I'm, did. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't. I'm, I meant, yeah. Go ahead. Correct me on that, please. You meant uh, Kate Ray, but yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I tripped over that, mm -hmm. and I appreciate you. That's why you're the TV historian, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I, okay. They're very similar. I mean, and quite frankly, Farrah Fawcett would probably not have been able to do Burning Bed had not Elizabeth paved the path for that. So it's it's totally understandable to say. That that that's true. And and uh, but so I mean doing coming forward with that and it also showed her range of just not being the beautiful housewife which that was on television that showed and, and she had many acting things in between there but I mean I'm going to ask you a question what is your favorite episode of Bewitched? Oh gosh um, even give me a couple well, I love I love Sisters at Heart because that was Elizabeth's favorite episode where Tabitha befriends the young girl who happens to be African American and the episode really you know, addresses the prejudice issue of the witches and mortals and uses African-Americans and, and Caucasians. Um, but I loved, I loved a lot of the first two season episodes because those were the black and white episodes and the show wasn't as um, eccentric as it later became. It was really more reality-based, if, if you can think <laughs> right, that. Right, right. Um, there was an episode, A is for Aardvark, in the first season where... Um, Elizabeth, uh, Darren, or Elizabeth, um, Samantha gives Darren the power to be a warlock, and and he and he ends up, um, you know, zapping things up left and right, and she's just so disappointed that you know he's enthralled with it until he ultimately gifts her, you know, with with a watch, and I think it's I said it's inscribed with I love you every second, and she cries. You know, and she cries real tears. And it's, it's interesting because that episode signifies that the show was not a campy little show. It was about a person who happened to be a woman who happened to be a witch. You know, they, they wrote the stories about people uh, who happened to be in these fantastic, fantastic situations. I loved all the Salem episodes where they went, you know, on location, mm -hmm. um, uh, just just so many. 
So many. I love, I love all the fifth season, and the fourth season is my favorite. Why is that? Well, it, they seem to really uh, find their groove. Um, you know, I'm not, not saying it took them three years to find their groove. There's a lot of great episodes before that. Right. But it was all the writing just seems so perfect. The acting seems so perfect. Everybody just seems so perfect. Uh, fifth season, it was waning a little bit. And by the eighth season, God bless her, you know, Elizabeth is just like, you can see she's dragging her feet. Like, okay, do I have to do this show? And, you know, it, it, it's like a different... If you watch the first season and then watch an episode of the eighth season, you'll see how different the show is. Now, I'm going okay. to bring up something of controversy here. Well, first of all, and I, and I love the fact, and I don't think the episode, the sisters episode uh, with, with Tabitha and the little girl, I don't think that episode's shown enough because I almost never have seen that. I've seen that probably, and I've watched that show a million times. I probably have not seen that five times since the show was on the air. I don't think I've seen it five times. But, sure. I mean, but I'll tell you this. It's, it's talking about things now. Everybody has the, the controversial Darren thing with Dick York and Dick Sargent. And, and, and both of them were great actors and did a great job. You know, I, I, I can't throw rocks at either one of them, you know, because I enjoyed both of them. And, you know, and I think, there, I think there's a misconception that, you know, they didn't like each other. But Dick York was, was, was hurt or something, right? Yeah, uh, yes. Dick Sargent did a movie a couple years before the Wizard about yeah, a few years before it was called. They came from Cordura, and he was working on one of those rail cars. You mean, uh, you know, it was a Western. York, right? you, mean Dick and, York, you mean Dick York, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dick York. Right. He was, he was, um, it was, I think, a Gary Cooper movie. I think, I can't, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, he was working with some other actor in the scene on this railroad car thing, and the director yelled cut, and the other actor let go, and Dick York did, and he, and he you know, he just messed up his back really bad. So he never really fully recovered from that. And, you know, he wished he was given more time to recover in that fifth year of the season of the witch. Uh, but ultimately they had to let him go. And um, Dick Sarger replaced him. And there was never any animosity from Dick York towards Dick Sargent and vice versa. I mean, you know, Dick York never resented Dick Sargent. Dick Sargent always respected Dick York. And Elizabeth, you know, the way she explained it was that, you know, people said, well, Dick Sargent wasn't as animated as Dick York in the role. But Elizabeth said by the time that Dick Sargent had come to play the role of Darren, he wasn't as surprised or shocked that's with the magic. Yeah, that's right. That's so it's really kind of fixed. Uh, but it's definitely two different interpretations. The first season that Dick Sargent came aboard, they tried to make him act like Dick York, but then they just, as Richard Michaels, one of the directors and producers said, then they just let Dick Sargent be Dick Sargent. I, I think that's the best move, and, you know, definitely. Um, I'm going I'm to ask you something way off the cuff about that, and we'll get on to your, your book and a couple other things before we go. Matter of fact, today we're here at the Lifebox Media Channel with author and then again host Herbie J. Pilato. And I'm going to ask you this, my friend, just the last question on Bewitched. Who was your favorite character, your favorite jump in, Uncle Arthur or Endora, or who was your favorite just? I'm going to say, well, besides Samantha. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm going to say Aunt Clara. Because, you know, Marion Lauren was such a gifted theatrical Shakespearean, you know, British trained 
actress. And, you know, everybody thought she was just this goofball. Well, all that, that stammering and the stuttering that she did on that show as that character was all timed out. You know, that was her professional performance. And um, for someone to act like that, you know, in such a seamless, natural way, that's talent. Oh, my you know? gosh, yes, because well, people, somebody said, and I don't remember who said it, and you might remember this, somebody sat there and said it was, it was harder to play a drunk than you thought because you'd overthink it. And with her doing all that stammering and everything else, you would think that she talked like that in real life. If you went over, you'd think it'd take 10 minutes to finish a sentence. So That's right. It, it, it's, uh, yes, I, I, I can see it. She was very lovable as a, as a character on there, too. Yes, and Elizabeth loved her, loved her, loved her, loved her. That's that that's just that's just amazing. Um, now with with the, with what you have coming up as far as the fact that you also have Burt Ward coming up on the show, who played Robin on the original Batman uh, television show. Um, great guy. Um, you know what can we expect out of these couple of new shows coming up, buddy? Well, at Asner, we, we really made it like a tribute to Mary Tyler Moore, to the show and to Mary the actress. It was a very touching episode. You know, Ed is, you know, we, we taped that a couple of years ago, um, and now Ed just turned 90. So he, uh, he was really amazing. And the guy still is working, God bless him. Um, but it was very touching. You know, and he's very, very funny. He's, and he doesn't miss a trick. He's incredible. Burt Ward is nonstop energy. Yeah. Um, just amazing. And he, you know, he does so much. He and his wife, lovely wife, Tracy, have done so much for animal advocacy. Um, so he's got like a nonprofit organization and he, uh, that, that helps rescue animals. And he has this incredible uh, dog food that's the healthiest dog yeah, food ever. Dog food, yeah. Yes, yes. So we talk about that, and we talk about his friendship with Bruce Lee, um, you know, because he had befriended Bruce Lee when they were doing Batman, because Bruce Lee, you know, played Cato. Right. But I believe Bill Ward had known Bruce Lee before that, too. So they, we talked about his friendship with Bruce Lee. This just, re- I think, the Dark Shadows episode is my personal favorite, but these two coming up, these two episodes with Ed Asner and Burt Ward are also going to be the best. And, you know, somebody told me, and I'm not sure how it is, but somebody told me that Ed Asner has more stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame than anybody. Really? They said, well, he had radio and television and this and that. I don't know. They, they, they said he's, like, so decorated between that and the Emmys. That so um, I'm not I'm not sure 100 percent on that, but somebody told me that yeah you know, he's he's been doing this for uh, you know a minute and he's great at it. I mean he's a great straight guy. He was a great tough guy in in numerous movies you know in the back in the day and and uh, he can just drop lines dry lines off that could make you fall off the chair in a minute. So um, he, uh, he he's you know he's super talented, but yeah, I think that it goes all the way back to his stage theater everything. If I, I if I remember that correctly, somebody told me he was he was at, a, at an event that I was at, and I, I was talking to him, and when he's because he's a great guy, and you know, and go off, and uh, I'm talking to somebody says, "Did you know this?" And I was like, "I did," and so I'm not sure if it's true or not, but it wouldn't surprise. Wow, me. I guess it makes sense. I guess it makes sense. 
you know, and and to be still working today. I mean, like you said, he's, he's I, I saw him two years ago is the last time I was hanging out with uh, with, with Ed, and uh, it was right before his birthday. It was right before his birth. Matter of fact, it's, it's his birthday soon, I think, right? And um, anyway, so I think that uh, you know, with these episodes coming up, is there something you want to get to the fans out there that are listening to talk about it? Oh yeah, by the way, and you had the wonderful Livingston's Barry and Stanley Livingston on. I don't want to leave them out from my three sons either. You have them on the episodes uh, that are already on right now. Yeah, great guys, great, great, great. Stan Livingston is probably like one of the best human beings on the planet, you know. And, and Barry is a trip. He's Barry's another one. Never stops working. Never, never, never stops working. And he switched. You know, he used to be, you know, obviously, he was a young kid. And then he, you know, he lost his hair or whatnot. And, but he, he turned all of that into um, a career of either playing accountants or, or nerd types or scientists. And he just never stops working. So, and that's a great thing for a former child star. You know, because usually they all, it's, it's hard for them to find work. But not with Barry. And, and I honestly didn't know. I, I see, uh, you know, I see him. I see him here in a van, or I see him at one of your shows, or whatnot, or see him at the Hollywood shows, or whatnot. Hi, hey man, how are you? And I've, I've never had more than a three-minute hello, how are you conversation with him. So I really don't know that know him like that. I didn't know that he was, you know, working like that right now today. I love hearing that. I love yes. hearing that. Now, as far as effective um, plans for the future, since uh, I'm looking at it right now, and you have five stars on IMDb, you have a 9.7 on, on uh, Prime. I mean, man, this show is really, really enjoying it. Like I said, I've watched several episodes. The Dark Shadows episode, I won't lie, I, I watched probably five times too. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, hey, look, I grew up with that stuff too, buddy. So, you know, I raced home from school just like you, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, is there, what's the show look like for the future of 2020, my friend? Well, we, we do have a renewal for a second season and also for a uh, green light for a spinoff. Um, so we're, I can't talk too much about the spinoff at all, but we're very excited. Second, the, the, second, or the next season will be great. And certainly all of you people out there, if you have not yet watched or reviewed the show, please go to Amazon Prime and uh, watch the show and review it. And, and, you know, be objective. I can take it. Tell me what you really feel. And if you need to contact me, if you'd like to contact me to order any of my books, you can either do it through HerbieJPilato.com. You can do it through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, or you can email me directly at HJPilato at Yahoo.com. Or you can certainly buy any of my books on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Now, 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 you just took half my job. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but now, but a question mark, though, my friend. You still do. Uh, you still can. You can order them, and you can get just a book, or you you also still autograph some, right? Yeah. If you order them directly from me, you get them personally signed. If you contact me through my website, herbiejpalato.com, or email hjpalato@yahoo.com, then you can um, you can get them personally signed. If you get them through Amazon or Barnes & Noble, uh, you won't be able to get them personally signed. Okay, I'll make sure. Now I'm going to have all this information up on here later on today. Now let me ask you one question, and, and, and give me 
two or three if you can. If there's somebody you would love to have on your show from the era of, uh, you know, of any time period, actually, I'll say, who would you love to have on your show? Give me top two or three. I will tell you right now. Barbara Eaton, Carol Burnett, William Shatner, Dick Van Dyke, Linda Carter, Lindsay Wagner, Lee Majors. Oh, man. How do you argue with that? <laughs> and I mean, and you, and, and speaking of which, because you mentioned Lindsay Wagner and, and Lee Majors, uh, you know, and Linda Carter, you know, uh, as far as that, you also have a book in regards to the fact that you, you've done a couple books that are besides, you know, the Twitch Upon a Star and everything else. Tell us a little bit about those, the, the Gidget ones and those kind of things, too. Yeah. I think yeah, I did the Bionic book with uh, Richard Anderson wrote the four. He played Oscar. I did um, Dashing Daring and Debonair, TV star male icons from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Before that, it was Glamour Gidgets and the Girl Next Door, uh, TV star female icons from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And um, I interviewed people like Larry Wilcox and again Stanley Livingston, Robert Wagner. Um, Julie Newmar, uh, Don Wells, Karen Richmond. Uh, Carol. Well, no, Karen Richmond wasn't Gidget from the sixties. No, she's interviewing. I'm sorry, I apologize. I thought you said you were just. You were yeah. Just, oh yes, yes. But Karen, you know, Karen is like an amazing actress. So she did many of my live events. I love Karen Richmond. So very talented. Um, but I never really formally interviewed her for a book per se. Um, but I might do an 80s female icons book, so you never know. We'll see. So that, 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 that handful, I mean, Barbara Eden, that'd be awesome to have her on the show. I mean, oh, know, wow. fans would just be, I mean, and, and she's absolutely uh, pleasant and, and wonderful. I mean, Lee Majors, that, that's a, just a handful. And Linda Carter, I mean, geez, you just threw out a list of any talk show host. I mean, I'll take them all on my list, too, please. You know? Yeah, all right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that exactly. Is, uh, I'm glad you had to really take time to think about that for a minute, though, Herbie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, again, please tell everybody where we can find, then again, with Herbie J. Pilato, where we can see it, where we can see all these wonderful episodes. You can watch it then again with Herbie J. Pilato on Amazon Prime. Or Shout Factory TV. If you if you don't have Amazon Prime, then you can watch it on Shout Factory TV, and then you can review it on IMDb uh, if you watch it on Shout Factory. But ideally, go to Amazon Prime, watch it there, and objectively objectively review it. And if you have any questions about anything, go to HerbieJPilato.com. Contact me through there, or just email me, hjpilato at yahoo.com. And everybody, make sure to go check out his book line. Uh, and, oh, by the way, tell us a little bit about your television, uh, or your uh, TV, jeez, um, I just drew a blank on this. Oh, the nonprofit, yes. Yes, please. The Classic TV Preservation Society is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the positive social influence of classic TV shows. I mean, I live, breathe, you know, and sleep classic TV. I have my various blogs to the Classic TV Preservation Society. Uh, one of the core functions are the self-esteem seminars that I offer to schools, colleges, um, business and, and senior centers. I'm doing a, a seminar this week on how to, um, you know, never give up on your dream. It's a writer's conference. And if you email me, 
uh, in Culver City. And if you email me, I'll tell you all about that and where you can, or maybe I can send you the link and you can let your listeners know. Um, it, yeah, it, I, I, I decided to form the nonprofit really again because of the wish and Elizabeth Montgomery, because she did so much charity work. She did so much for those who were suffering from AIDS. She was one of the first actresses and celebrities to advocate for AIDS. She did much for the disabled community. She used her public persona for the betterment of, you know, humanity. And, you know, in my little corner of the world, that's all I'm trying to do too, you know, to just be a good person, try to be a good person and do it and make people smile and inspire a couple people along the way. Well, I'll tell you what, man, with then again with Herbie J. Pilato, it's a great show, brings back great memories, fantastic guests. Um, it's genuine. Uh, all the family can watch it. Everybody can watch it. The kids, grandchildren, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, everybody can watch it. It's that kind of show. It, it's completely, um, it, the humor is family-oriented, and it's fun, and it brings back a lot of great memories. So I couldn't endorse it more, um, and that's not just because you're my friend, because I wouldn't say much if it wasn't. I'd have you on the show and say thank you. Um, but I really Well, that, that's just about the best review I've ever received. So thank you so much for that, Charlie. That means an awful lot to me. It, it, it's, I'll tell you what, I've, I've watched this with my 10-year-old granddaughter. So uh, that, tells you, that tells you something. And I'd watch it with my mother, too. So, um, uh, but no, so Herbie J. Pilato, please check out everything, his books. Then again with Herbie J. Pilato and on Prime. And I really appreciate you taking time, my friend. You and I have taken a couple months to get this together. And I'm so glad. And, uh, you know, as soon as I'm in town again, we're going to go get together. Well, it was worth the wait. This was one of the best shows I've ever been on. And congratulations to you as well, by the way. Thank you so much, pal. I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you on again and you just keep us abreast of what's going on and we'll make sure to put it out there. And if you get a little leak out on those guests coming on, promise me you'll come back on and you'll tell me. Absolutely. No doubt. All right. Again, give it a shout out one more time. Where can everybody find yourself out, Herbie, on, on social media? Give all your social media out, please. Oh, yes. Our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can follow me and message me there or HerbieJPilato.com or just HJPilato at Yahoo.com. Again, Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast here with Herbie J. Pilato. Thank you so much, my friend. I will talk to you very soon. Peace, everybody. Take care.